It's happening again. Welcome to Work Cookie, a CBOC podcast. As we broadcast around the world, get bite-sized morsels and tidbits from our industrial organizational psychologists, other experts, and the latest research on the workplace to boost your organization's effectiveness. Sign up now at CBOC.com. That's S-E-B-O-C.com to engage with our community, gain a sense of belonging, access our other media, and get rapid advice from our experts at CBOC.com. Welcome. I'm Dr. Jeremy Lokabaugh, Industrial Organizational Psychology Consultant and Workplace Communication and Negotiation Coach. In addition to CBOC.com that you just heard, you can also visit my website at TurnBoot.com. If you're in or getting into the IO psychology field and you feel a little lost in the crowd, you're looking to jumpstart your career and maybe get the answers that your degree program never gave you about what it's actually like to work as an IO psych practitioner, check out CBOC's IO Career Pathfinder membership at CBOC.com. Also on the panel today, we have Sarah Smith-Berry of Frigo Consulting. Sarah is a psychometrician, veteran advocate, consultant, and modern stoic. Also, we have Tom Bradshaw, voice and speech coach, and a damn good actor at that. He is the leading voice and speech coach for the industrial organizational psychology community. Well, everyone, and welcome to our CBOC chat with myself, Sarah Smith-Berry, and Dr. Jeremy Lukaba. Uh, we like to get together once in a while and do these work cookie podcasts, and usually Jeremy has a great topic for us to talk about, but today, Sarah, you're up. Okay, so something's weighing heavily on my mind. All right. So today, I have been blessed with a teachable moment, not once, not twice, but three times in various scenarios. And so I tell myself when something like that happens, Sarah, the universe is trying to tell you something, you are obviously dropping the ball somewhere with your boundaries, rules or limitations, right? I take that from Caesar Milan, by the way, I used to be obsessed with that show, but I digress. <clears throat> so this morning, and I'm not going to name names throughout this so I can protect the individual, but I get contacted quite frequently, about a dozen or more times a week, from people within the IO you know, field who need a favor, okay? And I appreciate that, and I want to be very helpful when I can be, okay? And so I'm very selective, though, of the people that I do help. Because my time, I, I don't have a ton of time to do all of these favors every week. Okay. And so when I see someone ask for a favor that is directly related to what I do in psychometrics, I, I say, wow, okay, this is an opportunity for me to really help. So the backstory is I was contacted by a student who needed some help with a project at university, and it was dealing directly with personality and psychometrics. Okay. And I provided my email address and I said, please send me all of the documents that you would like me to review. I will review them and I will get back to you. Okay. Instead, this happened on LinkedIn, by the way, this is usually where I'm contacted. So um, the individual did not provide it into my email. They listed it in the chat of LinkedIn. Now, for those of you who don't spend a whole lot of time on the platform or don't have a large following or anything like that, that might not be such a big deal. But I don't necessarily check all my LinkedIn messages every single day. I don't have time to do that. Okay. And this individual became a little perturbed when I did not respond immediately to their message. Okay. Um, so I said, no worries. Please just send it to the email so that I can flag it and I can get to it this week. 
Instead of doing that, I got kind of some grief thrown back at me. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I need to hurry up and do this for this individual, right? Because I'm a people pleaser and I am a rehabilitating people pleaser. And so I had to tell myself, wait a second, Sarah, you do not even know this person and they are making demands. So I would like to talk today about the role of a mentor, how you actually go about getting a mentor and what does that actually look like? Can, how do we do that respectfully as young IO professionals entering the field? Um, I think it's really important. I think the tact is lost on some people and I want to help. I want to use this as a teachable moment to help other individuals who may become frustrated with technology or remote communication, and they might just really need help for that school project. How do you not make the same mistake that this young man did? Because he got a message from me saying, thank you for your honesty and your frustration. I hope you have a trusted mentor who can help you further with this. Good luck. So it sounds like it sounds like this will apply not only to IOs but anyone you know because we'll talk about being tactful and mentorships in, in general, which a lot of people lack. So I was taking notes on your scenario, but of course that means I wasn't listening fully. So shame on me. So he got perturbed because you what? Well, I didn't see his message right away because it was on LinkedIn. I did ask so this guy's asking for free stuff. Mm-hmm and your goodwill and then you didn't get back to him soon enough and then he got frustrated yeah and well there was there was an issue with the email too because apparently he had tried to send it um however when i searched my spam folders and all of that stuff and this is my personal email i handed out mind you it was nowhere to be found um so i don't know what happened it got lost in the in the techie universe in the email ether right but that's not my fault. Um, now he did acknowledge that it wasn't my fault. However, he then proceeded to vent his frustration. And I don't think that's really appropriate to do to someone you don't really know. And you're asking a favor of them. I think it's probably best that you keep your frustrations to yourself or you source someone else to help you with that favor. And you just kind of say, Oh, I realize this isn't working on my timeline. Perhaps I should look for someone else. All right. Um, so yeah. It, it, is this a, um, so this is this is likely something that's happening to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Some people. So what what do we? What's the main like? What's the uh, what's the what's the main thing? What's the main gripe? The main pain point? Because if it's happening to you, yeah. it, it's happened to. I see Tom shaking his head. I know it seems like it's happened to him before. <laughs> I'm lying. <laughs> and it's happened to me a couple of times. So who do who are we helping? And and how are we helping them? Well, see, here's the thing. It's like, this is actually something I talk about a lot with um, people that I work with one-on-one and that like, I'm speaking again toward veter- my veteran clients, because those are the only individuals I work with really one-on-one that much. And we talk about mentorship. Okay. And what that actually looks like. And you cannot just reach out to a random stranger and expect mentorship. Like that's a relationship. Does that make sense? Like that's a relationship. You don't go out on a first date and say, will you marry me? Um, That person's going to run away. Well, I don't know, unless you believe it, love at first sight, but unlikely. I don't recommend it. Um, (laughs) So, but anyway, so I'm just going to say, you know, I think it comes down to understanding that mentorship is a two-way relationship. So was he asking for, here's the thing. So is he asking for mentorship in terms of like a longer term engagement 
Or was he just doing one of the, hey, can I pick your brain and get free answers from you? Which do you think? Mm. Where do you think Well, now that I saw the frustration level, I think that he led with mentorship. And I think that the truth of it was free advice. Okay. Is that fair? Can I say it that way? Um, I think that it kind of, it led to kind of be like, um, you know, I look up to you, blah, blah, blah. That's those are the things that you say to a mentor, right? Those are the things you say when you're like, Hey, I want to be like you, let me get under your wing and we'll, we'll work together and you'll show me the ropes and then I'll go out and do great things. Um, however, that wasn't really, um, what it turned into, what it turned into was I have a timeline and you're not meeting my timeline. And I just thought to myself, I do not work for you, my friend. Um, in fact, we're not even friends. (laughs) Tom, give us some, like, you know, so in the acting world, right. I know, I know not much about acting except for what I see on TV and of course, my mind goes right to that Seinfeld episode where it's Bette Midler and she has the understudy and George slams right into Bette Midler. So the understudy has to take over. So is there some parallel here with an understudy in terms of mentorship or where, where does your mind go in terms of how, how, how can this be done better? Um, well, it, first of all, it, it, it's all three of us get asked a lot to be mentors and to help other people out. And sometimes you have to say no. And that's, that was one of the hardest lessons for me to learn. Um, as Sarah's describing the situation, I'm sitting here going, what's the real issue here? Like, it sounds like not only was he doing research and, you know, needed some advice, but it sounds like he's going through something. And if he's a graduate student, um, you know, we've probably all three of us have been there when, you know, you're working on a thesis or something and you need your supervisor to, you know, edit something or to take a look at something and they promise you they'll have it done tomorrow. And three weeks later, you're still trying to track them down. So there can be some frustration on the student side of that. Um, you know, I think from a theater world, there, there's a lot to learn about how to work with a mentor. We're, we're all told this story very early on in our training that, you know, you're standing stage right and you're about to go on stage and you've, you know, you're in rehearsal and you've been doing the scene over and over and you're working with a senior actor who every time they come up on stage and they say a line, the director goes, stop, stop, stop. That's wrong. Here's how I need you to do it. And you, you know, you've now done this 12 times and the actor, the senior actor still can't get it. Your temptation as a young actor is to go, you know, what he's asking for is this. And so if you just did this, this would, this would actually work. And then we tell the, the young actors, the next thing that happens is that the senior actor goes up one side and down the other with comments like, how dare you? <laughs> I've been doing this for 30 years. So, it, you know, there's, you've got to be working with a mentor as a two-way street. And sometimes when you're looking for a mentor, it's, it's difficult to actually have the kind of respect because we just see them as knowledge givers. And if you're not giving me the knowledge that I'm requesting, then what's wrong with you? Um, maybe that's different other places, but it's it, it's something that we've got to be cautious about because you may agree to mentor somebody for the next six months uh, and then your time, like you have no more time, but they're still demanding your time. So, you know, it's it's more complex than hey, let's get together for five minutes so I can pick your brain, which we all do all the time. But there's no guarantees there of this becoming uh, a, a relationship that's going to build over time. So it's, it's difficult. 
It really is. And then once you reach a certain level too, it's like, you have to make a choice between your own sanity and helping another person. And that's hard for many people, right? Because they do want to keep putting the other person first. They do want to keep adding to their plate and adding to their plate and adding to their plate. But I know that I'm not alone in saying that there are a lot of people that are facing burnout currently because of this very behavior that I'm describing. Okay. It's that lack of boundary setting. And I learned the let here. I started by saying that the universe was trying to teach me a lesson. And the lesson I learned was that I have information and I have knowledge to provide. Yes. But I also provide an energy along with that knowledge. It's not empty calories, right? It's, it takes effort. And so I need to be more protectful with my energy so that I can give that gift to the causes and people that, that deserve. Yeah. But let's not forget what this might be showing us. You have this gift and there's obviously an audience who wants the gift. So Sarah, maybe it's time for you to write that book. No, oh, I, I know. I even have a title and everything. I just, I've got to sit down and actually do it. Right. Or a course or a course. Yeah. I've got to just, I've got to mark out the time. Yeah. And well, and, and it does consume time, but it's really worth it because then all of those people who contact you, who you don't have time for, you can go just do this program. <laughs> or read my, my book. book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're probably right, Tom. You, you'll yeah, get but I haven't written my book yet either. <laughs> and you'll get 10 times more people contacting you for membership because they read your book and now they want. <laughs> so it could just exacer, exacerbate your problem. Yeah, it just it was it was definitely a learning, a learning moment. And and you know, it it echoed um within one of my daughters this morning. So um my youngest, she's six, proceeded to throw a temper tantrum about not wanting to do her schoolwork because it was hard. <laughs> and I said, well, guess what? Not everything in life is going to be easy. So what do we do? She goes, we okay. Have you tried? Yes. Okay. Well then what do you do when you try and you still can't do it? She goes, ask for help. I said, okay. And what does that look like? And she proceeded to tell me that I was going to help her. You better help me. You better do it right now. Mm. So that's the second time this came up in my day. And I said, Clarice, let's, let's try practicing asking for help. Because so many adults, so many kids grow up and never learn how to ask for help. And so I said, let's practice asking for help. If you want mommy's help, what do you need to do? I need to say that I am struggling. Yes. And then what do you need to do? I need to use my manners and ask for help. Okay. So why not, why don't you try? And then she did it. And then I helped her, but I even taught my daughter this morning. How do you ask someone for help? What does that look like? How do you follow through with it? And then when we're finished, what does that look like? Say, thank you. Right. Because even parents deserve a thank you. Even parents deserve to be asked, right? We're people too. 
And I like to raise individuals I want to be around. That's what I always say. So that was a teaching moment twice in one day. So I thought it was important for us to talk about is just how do we go about asking for help? And what does a mentor actually look like um, once they start helping you? And and how do you give back to your mentor? So Jeremy, I want to throw that out there for you. Um, You have a lot of mentees. And so how are these mentees? What would you say is the best way for them to give back to you as their mentor? I'm going to go, I'm going to fall back and then, and then I'll go to that because you, you, you brought up some important things. So we usually, there's a, a, a very nice parallel between the, uh, um, you know, raising children and then, you know, working relationships. Here, there's actually uh, not as much of a parallel. There's a little bit of a difference here. With raising kids, it, oftentimes you want them to do better in X, Y, and Z more than they do. You want to, them to uh, succeed in school or, or sports or whatever it is. Mm-hmm more than they want to. And that's okay because you're a parent, you're supposed to drive them. I've heard from many, uh, many mentors, many college professors, many high school teachers that they have, they have students and they are more invested in that particular student's education than they are. And that just doesn't work. They, so you have a student that is, is trying to get good grades and you are, you're wanting them to get better grades than they are while they're asking for more and more leniency, more and more leeway, more and more X, Y, Z. And you, you get to the point where they're saying um, I'm having some trouble with this assignment. So you give them like, you know, a two page write up on how to do it plus an example and they don't look at it. And then they contact you a couple of days later and say, I'm still having trouble. Did you look at what I wrote? No. So it's, but that's the kind of thing. And when you look at that, a key here and, and, and something, if you're, if you're working with the mentor, do make sure that mentor, if you're a mentee, make sure your mentor knows that you are invested in growing more than they are invested in. You really want it. Here's how you want it. Here's how I'm showing it. Here are the extra steps that I'm taking. Here's how you're teaching me these things. I'm putting these things into practice. So it be it's okay to over-communicate sometimes, not expecting communication in return, but make sure that you're, you know, even send emails to your mentor, text, however you guys communicate and say, no need to respond. You're busy, but I wanted to share this story with you. I wanted to, to let you know how I'm applying this, this extra research to let them know that what they are doing because they, what is it, you know, what does a, a mentor get out of it? They get, there's pride there. There's uh, all those other great things that we won't go through because we kind of figure out what they are, but that's, that's important to do. So let, let your mentor know um, in terms of how does the mentee give back? Um, if you're a mentee, uh, protege, right? Ask, you know, ask your mentor, what's in it, what's in it for you? It can be and say, tell them, say, look, it's it's important for you to feel comfortable being selfish here. Is it pride? Is it knowing that your legacy will carry on in bits and pieces through me and through other of your mentors? Is it uh, is there any work that legwork that that we that I can do for you? Um, how can I take you know, you're giving me you're spending at least an hour a week on me or two hours a week on me. What can I do? just small, maybe even admin stuff to take even 15 minutes off your plate for the week. Um, Even asking those questions can build a a great sense of reciprocity and will make your mentor already feel like you are doing something in return because they know that you are appreciated. And it's no different than anyone else. When someone knows that you, someone feels appreciated, 
that usually is just simply a great motivator. Those are something to answer your last uh, question there, sir. Perfect. Yeah, if I, if I can add on, you know, just that when I was working at university and students would come to me looking for some additional coaching, uh, maybe some mentoring in some direction, I would always make it really clear that my time is valuable. I don't mind spending the time with you, but then you've got to dedicate yourself to actually doing the work. You can't be that student who, you know, I sent you something and you didn't look at it. Um, and when it came for like payback and they always wanted to like, what can I do for you? Um, I would always say, buy me a coffee. And there were point, you know, points in times where I had like three to five coffee cards in my wallet. <laughs> so I, I didn't buy a coffee for months. So that's my advice, coffee. <laughs> I like it. Also, also, it's important for mentees. One last note before we close out to recognize there's a difference between being a, being a mentee and looking for a mentor in your field of study and looking for someone because you need something. And you're just trying, you're trying to get something for free. You know, you, you don't contact somebody in marketing who does marketing and branding for people for a living and say, Hey, can I be your protege to learn more about? And then, right. You've got to understand that there are things that are going to require a paid service. And there's, there is a point at which the uh, value proposition comes into, to in, into scope where you get what you pay for and understanding that if you're asking someone to give you free uh, advice insight, which is this exact same thing they get paid for and make a living out of. Don't think twice before getting upset and think twice before shushing them away when they say, I would love to help. This is something that I do professionally and I have a variety of paid services that we could explore. Take that into consideration because if you in, in contacted them for a reason, um, there is going to be some give and take there. And if they are willing to work with you in that regard, you've already started well, buttering them up a little bit. Sarah, do you have yeah. a little bit of uh, at least closure from talking about it and sharing? Yes, I do. In that I understand that on my end, it's about setting boundaries and on the end of the other individual, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Right. And so it doesn't necessarily matter um, the intent with which we uh, pursue a mentor. It matters how we prove that behavior over time. Um, And so with every interaction that you have with your mentor, I would just say soak up as much knowledge as you can, because you never know when that relationship will have to cease. Um, You know, people get busy. Life is busy. And we've learned that more over the last couple of years than I think we were anticipating. Um, So bring in some of that work-life balance into your own mentor-mentee relationships as well. So check in with your mentor, ask them how their life's going as well. Um, If it's going to be a relationship, it should be two-way as Tom pointed out. So thanks. And I should add that, you know, especially for people, the the pathfinders who joined CBOC, you can test drive all of the, (laughs) all of the mentors and you will eventually find somebody that you really connect with, but it might not be the first person you talk to. Very true. Fly on the wall plus the interaction. Oh, speaking of which, we're going to start having game time for our Pathfinder members. Closing out. See you next time. Five, four, three, two, and one. Thanks for listening to this episode of Work Cookie, a CBOC podcast. 
Don't forget to sign up at seabock.com. That's S-E-B-O-C.com to engage with our community, gain a sense of belonging, access our other media, and get rapid advice from experts. Would it be a bad idea to make your most challenging workplace problems go away? Don't forget to check out our corporate, career boost, recruiter, and even student memberships at seabock.com. 